Tasty Chops podcast is brought to you by TastyChops.net. It's a sample service for producers and beat makers. If you make beats, don't sleep on this. Every single day, I'm going to send you dope samples chopped up into 16 little pieces ready for you to use. All you got to do is add drums and you got fire. You can try it out for free at TastyChops.net. That's T-A-S-T-Y-C-H-O-P-S dot net. Tasty Chops Podcast. My name is Racerface. Our guest today is one of my favorite producers. I could talk about his numbers online. He's got those. I could talk about how he's consistently putting out slaps, quality, like all the time, like all the time, consistently all the time, and we will. Yes, love! But above all, like our guest is a human being who's lived a really interesting life up to this point. It's given him a perspective and a point of view that is unique uh, to him, and I, I think it reflects in the work, and I'm really happy to introduce my friend in yours, Stolen Drums. Peace, peace, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Talk to me a little bit, because, like, you've been through some adversity in your life, bro. And, like, sure, I feel like man. I'm really interested to see, like, what's behind the music. Right. So, like, you know, we all have ups and downs and, and challenges and stuff. Um, I've had a few, I've had a few really cool-ass things happen, and, you know, I've had some shitty stuff happen. I've been pretty much homeless, um, like, hotel to hotel, like, get kicked out the hotel, I have to go scratching another one type shit. Um, you know, and I had like my, my whole family with me during those times. So I was like hustling, trying to shoot music videos, fucking trapping out the, the extended stay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, doing that shit for like about six months, man. Like I had, you know, I came back from Japan, really good ass job, over six figures in Japan, amazing time. Came back, um, moved by my family and they live way out in the woods and shit. And, and you know, my son was in school and like the people treated him weird there and, and it was a fucking weird right. place. So uh, we moved back down to Atlanta. We had lived there before we went to Japan and shit. But we moved back down to Atlanta after that experience. Like, you know, I, I know it's it's cool here to be yourself. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing. Um, one, one of the things, like one of the spaces I found it in that I haven't really seen many other places where it's this okay to be yourself, regardless of what that is. This is like every nationality, every culture, every subculture is all represented here. And they're all like, they're all cool with each other. Nobody's like mad. Nobody wants to fight each other, kill each other, no stupid shit. Everybody's just cool, yeah. right? So we got to move back here. Um, at that time, I still had a little bit of savings left, you know, from the job I was working when I, you know, moved back by the family and stuff. Um, we had a really nice ass house, but it was really expensive. So I was kind of spending more money than I had type shit. Um, but when I came here, it was on some like, you know, they're treating my kid weird at school and I got pulled over for driving home and there was like right. six squad cars in front of my house with the guns out and all that crazy shit. But I was minding my business, just coming home from work, you know? So it wasn't like in a situation where I was doing some dumb shit and some dumb shit happened to me. It was like, you just shouldn't be here. And this is our way of letting you know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so I got the fuck out of there, long story short, but I didn't have a whole bunch of money in the bank. So when I got here, I just got an extended stay. And I was like, okay, I can shoot music videos and I got some friends in the city. So I started doing that. But I very quickly, you know, extended stays like down to $2,000 a month. Um, very quickly ran out of savings money. So it was like super, super hustle, 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 hustle. Um, we got our car repoed. You know what I'm saying? I had to sell all my fucking music equipment. Um, that was a lot. It was a lot, bro. This is real humbling shit when they take your car from you and you got your baby seat in the car and shit. Like you got to right. take your baby seat out. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, man, it's, it's just a different level of responsibility. Shit. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. Right. Um, but um, so you know, 
been looking for jobs, just really hustling the music video shit, really hustling the photography stuff. I found some good clients. It took me a bit, but I found some good clients. Uh, we found our way into an apartment complex. Uh, you know, it was like the cheapest one in Duluth and shit. We found our way into there. I kept working, kept working, kept working, kept working. Uh, the wife got a job, you know, got a little bit better. I did a tour with uh, Young Jeezy, fucking toured around the world doing video stuff for him. I did CTE, Def Jam, Complex, fucking all these guys, you know? Uh, I did a American, what is it? Atlanta Film Festival, I sat on the panel. A3C, I sat on the panel. It's like a creator, producer, video guy type of dude, um, which was tight. You know, I was it was a glow up kind of, so to speak. And then when I when I came off the tour with Jeezy, this is when SCAD, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Savannah College of Arts and shit, but um, Arts and Design, SCAD. It's a really dope school in Atlanta. But what happened is they had introduced DSLR video into their curriculum at the same time that I went on tour with Jeezy. Mm. So, like, when I came back off tour, all my clients were like, oh, no, nah, you know, it's like 100 SCAD kids. kids and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying you $1,500 a day no more, bro. My, my guy do it for an A for some weed. And, right. you know, the fact right. that he gets to hang out with me. So, like, all my clients were gone. So then it's like, fuck, I'm back to ground zero. Like, I don't have any money anymore. Now what? I got to pay for this apartment. I got a new car with a car note. I got a teenage kid. He need teenage kid clothes. My wife, my youngest son, he's, you know, he, I think he was like five or six at this time, you know, in elementary school. So I'm like, fuck, I got all these responsibilities, but no fucking money. So now I got to figure it out again. Very quick, ran right. through the savings again. Um, started looking for jobs because I was like, you know, I'm going to have to do something. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I have a very kind of very past. Like I did a lot of different stuff. I went to the military. I got out. I worked for, you know, government contractors. And, you know, I'm fortunate in, in the fact that I learned a lot of different stuff. Um, and one of the things was like fiber optic design and I learned how communications work and stuff like that. So there's a really big engineering firm named Bechtel and they called me and was like, hey, you want to make like 50 bucks an hour to come up to Maryland and, and, and work on fiber optic design? We're working with a company uh, called Google. Like, oh, yeah, I want to do that shit. Well, I think so. I've heard of them, yeah. <laughs> so again, I sold all my all my equipment. It was all photography and video equipment this time. So I sold all of that shit, you know, got my little five thousand dollars that I could get up, went up there, got a hotel room. Once again, trapping out the extended stay, you know. But got <laughs> but got a hotel room. Do what you gotta do, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. I left the family here. I paid the mortgage, I paid the rent off for a couple months, left the family here, fucking went up there and just trapped out the worst fucking hotel room they had in Frederick, Maryland. It was horrible. God, like, that was the worst spot. It was, like, the second worst spot I've ever been in. Bro, it was so bad. They were like, where are you staying? And I told them, they were like, wow, bro, I can't believe you're living. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I saved some money up, eventually got a better extended stay. Uh, I I think it was, like, fucking Motel 8. I was in it first, and I went to extended stay. So I kind of upgraded I was there for like a year and a half and I would fly my family in or just fly down to see them type shit, you know, a couple times a month. Um, then we finally yeah, had- a couple times a month and the rest of the time you're up there working. The rest of the time I was up there working. Yeah. I had to, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, uh-huh. no, you were an animal at that time. Yeah, I was getting to it. I lost like fucking hundred pounds. I was skateboarding every day in the gym working out <laughs> crazy. I looked like Leonidas and shit. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I didn't have nothing else to do other than read books. You know, I read a bunch of business books, worked out crazy. And uh, you know, stuff. At, at this point, now, like, when you're at this point and you and you're you're starting the climb again for like a third time, this is like a third life that you're starting right. now. You, right. you already sold all your shit and then like rebought new shit and then sold all your shit again. And, <laughs> yeah. like, so, yeah. in at this point, like, do you know? 
is it into it like is intuition guiding you or like do you know that you're going in the right direction obvious like do you face questions of like am i doing the right thing do i need to do i need to pull in a different different way this is where my mind state at that time was my kids and my wife can have whatever the fuck they want right now and that's beautiful and i'm gonna keep hustling my ass off so they can continue to have whatever the fuck they want and i have to find my way back to atlanta Right. That's pretty much where I was at. And, um, you know, we, we as an engineering yeah. company, we started, uh, you know, Google wanted to pop up different cities. I can't, I think there's like legal obligations for me not to say what all cities, but <laughs> one of the cities was Atlanta. Um, so we did a proposal and da, da 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 And then eventually, you know, we got Atlanta. So it was like, oh shit, we can work there now. Hey, Chris, you're from Atlanta, bro. What's, what's good? You want to go back? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go back. My people are there. So they sent me back. And when I got here, the job was pretty cool at first. Um, but then it quickly became like not so cool. And then not it just a lot of stuff. I don't want because people are still here and I don't want to fucking air anybody out, but it just became not very um and then, you know, they laid everybody off after <laughs> it became not very cool. So then most of the cats that worked at our job went to headhunters, like other engineering firms that wanted to get them at lower prices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got approached. They were like, hey, let me knock 20 grand off the top of your salary and you can come work for us. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. That's, I can't even afford to do that. Like, I can't afford to work for you, bro. Like, don't even, I got to fucking drive Uber on the side so I can afford to work Survive. for you. Yeah. yeah, that's goofy. I'd rather I'd rather take my unemployment and do some fire shit. I'm gonna fucking make music now. Like, I'm gonna do that again. How about that? We'll try that again. Alchemist says you can always go back to anything. It's always there. If you did it before, you can do it again type shit. So, you know, I did that. And then I um, started making beats every day. And I, I didn't know what to do with them at first. This is a very long answer to your question. But it's like, I didn't no, know. No, no, it's great. Yeah. This is everything that I wanted to hear. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. But, um... But yeah, I didn't know what to do with the beats at first, so I just fucking text messaged them to everybody on my phone. Like, hey, new beat, my G, check it out. And then, you know, there was all my my video clients and shit. I was doing that too. But very quickly, they were like, bro, like, you sent me two gigs of beats over the last month. And my phone's fucked up. I can't use it anymore. Like, <laughs> chill. Like, <laughs> find another way, bro. Like, this isn't working. So uh, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to stop doing that, you know. It was like, send me links, man. Send me SoundCloud links or some shit. Send me something I can, you know, stream. And I was like, all right, bet. I just start uploading to SoundCloud every day. And um, after about a month or two, you know, somebody would repost and this guy repost. And one of my clients made in Tokyo is fucking a superstar now, uh, which is crazy because like he low-key, we used to work and do videos together. He would help me out low-key, like, you know, saying, like, yo, grab the bags. Like, he would help me, help me. You feel right. me? Like, and now he's like a megastar. But, um, that shit happened a couple times to be honest with you there's a bunch of like kind of instances of that like somebody i was around when i was doing video work trapping is now multi-millionaire super successful and shit um you know talent finds each other yeah you the like minds find each other you know very true very true very true that's dope um but yeah so you know he he had hopped online i was like i like this one and reposted it and then instantly i had like you know a couple extra thousand followers on soundcloud Right. So it's like, oh, cool, now people care. And there was all these little, you know, lo-fi kind of labels and shit hit me up. Like, yo, I saw the Made in Tokyo thing. What's good? Can we get some beats for our compilation? Or can we get some beats for our whatever the fuck? Um, and I was doing that for a bit. And then I was, you know, kind of SoundCloud thing was cool, but it, it wasn't very, how you say, I didn't have any back and forth or any interaction with anybody. And mm. I, I read a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I was reading... Um, some business, the business manifesto or some shit. And they were talking about uh, Facebook live streaming. 
So I was like, cool, I'll give it a shot. Mm. You know, I tried that shit out. And the first time I tried it, you know, I got 30,000 impressions or some goofy shit like that. I was like, yo, I don't know. The first time? The first time, bro. Yo. Cell phone video, like cell phone, like, yo, check it out. I'm like fucking with the phone, you know, showing pictures on my NPC and shit and just holding the phone. It's so funny. Like right place, right time shit. Yeah, it was just Facebook really loved that that kind of content at that point. And they just, you know, they boosted the shit out of it. And there was a lot of engagement. So after that experience, I was like, cool, I'll do it again. Did it again. And I was like, oh, cool, I bought a camera. You know, how far can I take this shit? Uh, Let me get a good ass camera. Okay. Let me get some lights. Oh, let me get a mic. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I just, Kinda That's around the point with. when I when I started tuning in and seeing you like every day in my feed, like who's this dude making these slaps every single day in my feed? Yeah. I'm gonna like this. What's up? Stolen drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you never know who's watching you doing that shit either. Like I, I met so many people I, I, I idolize and I really look up to and I consider legends. And they were like, yo, your shit is tight, bro. And I'm like, you're you, you're you. Like, yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you were talking about how uh, how DiBiase came through and uh, yeah. a lot of people with, uh, yeah. I mean, that was that was a great uh, introduction to seeing you because it was just you in the lab every single day. It's and like that, around then, you were like showing the entire building of of how you were making the beat too. So you'd have like thirty minutes of like you're playing back with, like you know beats back and forth, and then mm-hmm. then you're going through like. Now I'm gonna make something new. You guys pick the sample. Right. <laughs> you pull out right. a record and like have everyone shoot. It was great. Yeah, was I a, love that shit, man. Company. And then like I, I you know, I, I I really hate the fact that that the way that the live stream shit changed, you really can't do that shit anymore. Like if I say, if I play you a song that's commercially viable, now they got bots and they yeah, can, you yeah, know, the you AI find it, they'll yeah. pull it down. It's, it's all this goofy shit. Or like copyright strikes and it's yeah. I'm like, don't pay me. Just demonetize my shit and let me do my show. Like, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to do my show, bro. Like, I just want to do my show. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know, man, yeah, man. I think maybe there's a way to do it on, like, Twitter or some shit. But the, the audience on Facebook was so organic and they were so present and it was just enough of them that it felt like it was a real communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, versus having two people on the whole time and they don't say anything. But like, I really appreciated Facebook for that. Bring that shit back, Facebook, if you're listening to me. Like, that would be really tight. For whatever reason, they just don't, how you say, you don't get as much engagement for music-based content. Yeah, they're not feeding it. Yeah, they're not feeding it to, I mean, almost all artist pages are having a hard time reaching their full audiences. Yeah. Especially if you you spend money on ads, I find that your, like, organic engagement goes down. Right, and I spend a fucking ton of money on ads, so. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I kind of had like a similar dumb luck situation walking into Tasty Chops, like when I first started uh, selling the samples. And I'm going to ask you really quick about uh, Slappy, uh, Slappy Drums in a second, because yeah, I really yeah, want, sure. want to hear you talk about it. And uh, I definitely want to get it plugged up for anyone that doesn't know. But yeah, the sure. when I started when I started selling samples, I was on tour and I was in Kansas. And I seen like a webinar and I told the homie to drive so that I could like watch this webinar. And it was about right, engagement right. on Facebook. It was like, are you tired of Facebook's algorithm? Do you want to get more engagement, organic engagement on your posts? Yeah. And like completely unrelated subject, but I'm like watching and there was three, three, four maybe bits of information in there that she said, I didn't buy anything from the, the lady at the end that she was selling at the end of the webinar, but was, something clicked was. in my head that it was like, oh, I'm going to sell samples and I'm going to run ads and this is how I'm going to run the ads and I'm going to figure out how to make the audiences and target and all this stuff. It was right. just like three or four things that made it just go off in my head. First day I put in 50 bucks, came back 200 bucks. I never looked back after that. First right. three weeks, $22,000 off of samples. Yeah. 
And like, yeah, from that point forward, it was just building. And I, it was literally, I knew nothing about any of this. <laughs> like, like, I just guessed like what, what kind of people would want this. And I just like mm -hmm. trial and error, just tried things. And uh, it's, yo, for like, congratulations on all the, the traction that Slappy Drums has been getting. I think you might have outsampled me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that shit. I never, never would have seen that shit coming, bro. Like, like, you know, on Drum Broker, uh, and I got some good friends, Soul Surplus, and, you know, I've seen these guys make kit after kit after kit after kit. It'd be like a year, they make 100 kits, no problem. You know what I mean? I got two. <laughs> it's oh, been yeah, like got teams of people doing that stuff, bro. Yeah. So like to to still, you know, what I'm saying like have daily downloads, like is amazing. Like that's the fire shit in the world. Like I'm super grateful for that. And like I just tweak the ones that I have. Like I don't make a bunch of new ones. I'm gonna make like one a year, bro. Like I'm not just, you know, I'm just make that shit tighter. Like oh cool, I find out how to make. Yeah. yeah. One point one. You know, not not the kicks kick harder. You know, like. <laughs> After as as I, I mean, I'll be using them. You know, they slap. They they really do. Like they're I great. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank um, you, man. Yeah, we've talked about slappy drums. We plug slappy drums really quick. We need to plug controllerize. Yeah, controllerize mob. Right? This is mob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 a collective in Atlanta. You guys are throwing parties, or is it like wider than that? Or is what what is the story about controllerize? So I'll give you I'll give you backstory, and uh, I think that backstory will probably answer the question about what exactly it is. You know, um, so beats and chill on Facebook, right? As you know, we kind of talked about that earlier. Um, during the decline of the live stream, uh, a friend of mine hits me on Instagram and says, hey, you know, I want to do this beat show in the city. Um, I'm beat-based, so like showcase, you know, beat culture shit. Um, our baby-ass version of what they do in L.A., so to speak. Uh, it'd be, yeah, a baby that's version. That's I was curious. Like, did Low inspire it? For sure. Come on. That's like, slow in theory. Like, it's L.A. It Come on. It changed the world, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it should change the world. But, um... So, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to do my own little baby version of that shit in Atlanta, and, and it would be really tight to have you play. And I'm like, shit, it'd be really tight to fucking help you do it. Um, but let me, you know, I'll come out to the first one, check it out, see how it goes. And we booked this little room called the Music Room in the city. Well, not little, it's always a decent amount of people. But, you know, like 100 people showed up. And we're like, all right, cool, that's a good, you know, case study. So let's lock in and figure this shit out. So we sat down, I got the computer out, made the website, did the graphics, found the name, got the domain, did all the social media profiles, made the ads, all of that shit in like eight hours. Done. Right? Uh, next show, we went to, and, and then there's a couple other things happened around that time frame. I met my homie Mike Sick. Uh, Mike Sick's a, a host. He's the host for Controllerize now, but at the time, he hosted a couple other shows in the city. And, um, you know, he had a lot of connections. I played a show for him, and then I kind of told him what we were doing with Controllerize, and we needed a venue that number one didn't cost a whole bunch of money and then number two had a fire aesthetic because i'm a big aesthetic guy and the space that we were in was really cool but it was like a punk rock basement dance hall -y type of space and i was mm -hmm. like this shit don't look super tight on camera the internet's slow i can't really work in these conditions you feel me <laughs> <laughs> this shit has to look tight because you know i'm an internet dude and i want this shit right. to be on the internet and i want people to be comfortable with it and i want it to look good i want you to stop scrolling so uh we found this pizza spot called slice and it was beautiful. Uh, it's kind of like a sports bar converted to pizza shop. And like at the at that time, the business case wasn't 100% working out, so they were opening new shit. Right. So, you know, we presented Controllerize as an option. And this is a major key. Like anytime that you go talk to a business, if you want to do a show, 
make your presentation fire like fucking adobe spark you know put together a real presentation put together some shit that you would want to see you know what i mean word it right sit down type it up and like don't just walk in like yo on fire my g i can get 100 people like that's goofy business speaks to business you know if you're right. talking money show them some money like don't you know um so money talks bullshit walks that's for sure exactly yeah. exactly so i did my best to, you know like here's the analytics for the last year on on, on uh beats and chill here's uh you know you know what the space is and, and the numbers since how many tickets we sold so how much ad revenue we spent here's how many fucking you know how much money the bar made yada 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 yada, yada. the whole way down the line i gave them all the details all the information the demographic the target market my, my projected growth all of that shit in one big giant form don't be smart it's free you should get that um they loved it. They were like, cool, let's go, whatever, let's do it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll give you like a month to fuck around. If, at the end of that month, if you're doing well, we can continue to work. If not, you know, we'll figure out what to do next. Um, it worked, first night, 200 people. So like, and it just continued to kind of work out from that point. And we bounced around a lot. That place closed, uh, went over back to Edgewood, you know, worked over there for a bit. Then there was a shooting in the back, not in the venue, but like not, it had nothing to do with Controller Rise. Just want to make sure that's clear, but <laughs> in the area, you know, outside the, the venue, somebody was shooting and shit. So I was like, gotta get right. the fuck from over here. Uh, Cause I'm a big safety guy. I need yeah, safety I mean, for my folks. Yeah. Of course. But we got from over there, went to this Korean barbie or Korean, um, it was like a Korean izakaya. Izakaya is Japanese kickback, mm. but I don't know what the fuck the Korean word for that is, but it was like a Korean restaurant. Okay. But it was tight. It was a really cool space. Uh, they were just really into punk rock. They didn't like hip hop too much. So we got up out of there cause it was just like a, you know, artistic disagreement, whatever you want to call it. Um, went back to Edgewood for a second, then found this space called uh, The Deep End. And it's like, you know, The Deep End was kind of like the same situation, new space, just open, trying to figure out the business model, you know, kind of mm -hmm. doing a bunch of random, opening new things. So we said, man, you know, maybe we can, you know, add video games to our concept. So then we already kind of had a very, very large anime aesthetic. That was a big part of what we did. It was like beats and anime, like married them together. This is like, adult swim bumps in real life for three hours right. type shit yeah, you know? yeah. uh but we went over there and we was like yo we got hella space in here and there's all these booths we put video games in the booths that would be tight as shit so now it's like a little local arcade slash kickback slash anime watching you know party type of thing right um that that ran for like almost a year and that spot you know two to three hundred a night pretty good Man. uh that spot closed the business case you know it just didn't work out for them um they were doing pretty good on our night but the rest of the week just didn't have a lot of programming you know right right um so they shut down and then we found another spot which is our current spot monday night garage monday night brewing is probably one of the biggest three brewers like brewery beer breweries in in atlanta uh probably in southeast you know south yeah southeast um so they're not going anywhere obviously right so you know so same type of thing. I brought my presentation on the laptop. You know, the homie Mike plugged us in. You know, Mike's the mayor. He fucking knows everybody. So, so you yeah, did like a full-on business plan for, for every one of the uh, the nights that you wanted to do. You didn't just go in and pitch. Like, you... Nah. I, there were I, charts. There were oh, graphs. Yeah. <laughs> All of that shit, bro. I, yeah. I, I always, like... You know, because I learned from that engineering gig. Like, right. you know, we had requests for a proposal. It comes from the comes from potential. Well, it makes client. it makes a stunning right. impression. Yeah, it's it's something that they're not used to, so it stands out. Right. I mean, the typical promoter is not coming in with like charts and graphs. They're, no, they're, it's, yeah, and that's business one on one. You know, like I'm conversation. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can only get back what I give you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you can't. I can't give you fuck shit and then expect 
excellent spec. Well, of course. No, you're establishing a position of authority, and then you have to deliver on it, obviously, but clearly mm -hmm. you, have, you have everything else, like, in line. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you want excellence back, if I, if I want you to give me 100% of something, like if I want you to to, to, to take me serious or, or or give me an opportunity, that's a big opportunity. It's a lot of risk for somebody to take, man. If I'm going to give you this space to do your show, I don't know you. Like, I don't know yeah. what kind of people you're going to bring. So if I present, to, you know, I present my best face, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my research and figure out what works for that space. Like the show that I did in the deep end is not the show that we did at Monday Night Garage. We pitched it different. It was completely like, okay, this is how many square feet I see in this space. And this right. is what I, I think we could do here. You know what I mean? These are the players I think we need. Here's how much security, all of that shit. You just work it out ahead of time and figure out what makes sense, you know? Um, but yeah, I presented that to those guys. They were like, yep, same type of situation. Yeah, fuck around four months, see what happens. First night, 350. Wow. And I was like, oh shit, got 350 P, you told me 200. <laughs> That's what I thought, bro, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, um, you know, now we're at like 450, which is crazy. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole nother, like we've, we've kind of pre-gamed ahead because it's a whole nother side of this, this building that we're not using yet. So it's like, yo, you break 500, I'll give you the other side of the building. I'm like, oh, oh you're gonna give me the other side of the building. I'm gonna turn the whole, the, the whole front side into an open air market. And then we're gonna do like, you know, startup incubators for small businesses and shit and let them like it's a whole roll out uh at this point but yeah so you know that's kind of where we are now we're we're in short the, the elevator pitch is controller rise is an exploration of the common ground between anime beat culture and video games okay. um you know what i'm saying that's that's kind of what we are in a nutshell and i think within the next year uh we'll be that plus a startup incubator, you know what I mean? A, a testing ground, so mm. to speak, for like new businesses, concepts, and products, you know? Um, yeah. Just a that's community us. that's giving back to the community and like making art and enjoying art at the same that's time. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. So, yeah. Um, so I've, I've been looking on Twitter last week and everybody was losing their minds at, at some, there was a tweet, and I have this as like a bullet. <laughs> My bullet note on here is old head. Not, <laughs> do you know which tweet I'm talking about? I'm, I'm pretty about, sure, yeah. It was like a Pete Rock sample contest. And then yeah. there was some guy complaining that they didn't show respect to any of the old heads and he named a bunch of like really younger producers. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that shit. I didn't even see that though. Oh yeah. man. Uh, well, I, was I on a list? Am I old head? But, okay, cool, um, cool. But I, <laughs> you and I are like we're like similar generation, same generation. But I remember yeah. hearing hearing how do you feel about the term? Like I'm gonna ask you how you feel about the, the term old head, and then yeah. I'm gonna ask you how you feel about another term. But let, let's how you feel about old head? Like where stand on that term? Like I mean, that shit's funny. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I, I I don't take any of this shit too serious to be honest with you, man. It's all dope. It's all love. I'm I'm fucking happy that I exist. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And we get I'm, to push I'm buttons and make noise and travel around and play it for people and like yeah that shit is tight bro I, I don't even consider myself like the greatest producer like I make decent music stop it stop I, that's it. what I feel like you know stop. like that's, that's what, great. I can't play I don't play instruments you know what yeah. I'm saying like I, I fuck around I, I find loops and I put drums well, on that's an like, instrument, bro you know that's an instrument too I, like, give I yourself a little more yeah. yeah but like you know and I, I curate it I find dope loops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or dope sample pieces in parts, you feel me? Like, yeah. but at the end of the day, when I go fucking hang out with like, like my OG, L-Rock is, 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 you know, this dude made like a whole bunch of shit for like Little John and Usher and all these other cats. And, and 
you know, he's like, I, I, I took Liberian music because he's from Liberia. I took the music of Liberia and the timing and, 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 and intricacies and some of the chord progressions from that sound. And I took that and I put it in this. And then he plays like 50 fucking instruments. So like when I hang out with this guy, I'm, I'm just there like, fuck, like, <laughs> you're a musician, it's different. bro. Yeah, it's yeah. just different. But that, I don't think you're any more or less. And there's no level. I, no, I, I really I think that there is no level. Like, everyone's a musician in their own right. Like, the kid that's yeah. banging on the pot and pan is like, a, you know what I mean? Like, Very everyone's true. the best. Very true. But I, 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 I consider myself more almost like a, a, a musical curator, so to speak, right? Because I'm finding, I'm finding things that go together well. So I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. You did that. That, that thing you just did was shit. I'm going to, this drum pattern is fire mm -hmm. as shit. Mm -hmm. This old 80s cartoon has a break at fucking four minutes where they, they do some weird shit because the Care Bear stare didn't work and they were surprised and there was just like weird <laughs> fucking chord progression. And you remember it, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to go put that together. And then right. there's a commercial that I found on YouTube for fucking Michelin tires and then they just say some fire shit at the end of it. Like, So I'm going to put all that together and then that's, that's this beat. <laughs> like, right. I think that's kind of my superpower. I mean, Wait. that's archaeology in itself in a lot of ways. And part True. of it is like, you're, so you're like living your whole life. This is, it's basically how I, I live too. It's like, I'm always looking for samples, even when I'm not looking for samples. Straight so like up. if I'm like riding around in the car or like I'm watching a movie on Netflix or you know what I mean? Like someone else, I'm at someone's house or I'm at an event or something. Like mm -hmm. I'll just bust out my phone and start recording stuff. Straight like, up. And uh, it, you got to always be collecting. And then the recall that you have to have in your head to like apply that to future things like i'll record something at three years later and be like oh dude i have this one recording of that old yeah. guy talking three years ago and like, yeah yeah I put that in this beat you know like, exactly exactly yeah. and then you know like i think that i'm not sure if, if maybe that's a musician and i'm just overthinking this shit totally but I, yeah. you know I, for me it's like a, it's like a, some kind of form of curation and shit like mm -hmm. you know I, I don't know how to explain. I started DJing a lot recently, and I find that the way that I DJ reflects the way that I produce. And then DJs go, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my God. And all I'm really doing is like, oh, this beat is tight. So I know it's the break from this record. I'm gonna loop that shit. And I put this acapella on, and I loop this eight bars of this acapella. Right. And right. it kind of lines up like a dance You're record and shit. On like remix terms, as opposed to like just yeah. matching and things like that. Right, and, and that's, that's how, how my brain works. Like yeah, the spot markers and stuff with the pads, like it, it becomes like really expressive. Uh, what kind of DJ setup are you using? Uh, still Serato with some uh, what is it? What the fuck yeah. is it? Uh, it's a DDJ SX3. Okay. I'm usually on, and I you know I fuck around a little bit on the turntables. I want the 12s. Um, but I, I haven't got there yet. Shout out to Rain if you're watching. Send me some 12s. That would be tight. <laughs> Big shout out to Serato, though, because they're tight as fuck, and they really look out for them. So shout out to Serato. Shout out Serato. Shout out Rain. Uh, yeah. There was there was another term that I wanted to ask you about, but I feel like I already know what your answer is going to be because you're gonna you have this very like I'm cool with everything, everything is cool, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, but I was man, asking breathing, how you bro. feel about like the term lo-fi. So a real quick edit here. Um, Drum started answering the question, but we had some connection issues over Skype. Um, he started answering the question about lo-fi, and I started talking about how um, the term originated from hi-fi, which meant high fidelity, um, meaning high quality audio, and how lo-fi would imply low quality. And uh, Drum's riffed on that for a minute, and this is where we came back. <laughs> this is nothing about that situation. 
is low, low fidelity. fidelity. But he right. makes slap stuff. But yeah, nothing about that shit is low fidelity. So I don't think I don't think that's what that shit means in this context. I think in this context, it's just a fucking brand name people put on the type of music that he really didn't have another word for. And, you know, that's cool. I was on the Spotify lo-fi playlist. They put right. my ass on the cover. That shit yeah, was it's, tight. You, you benefited a lot from being, yeah. from Pat name being on top of it as well. Hell yeah, so. shout out to lo-fi. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be mad about that shit. Respect. That shit paid my oh, mortgage respect. a bunch. Exactly. I, I really appreciate that too. I actually like, didn't think of it from that angle, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turned out well. Yeah, it worked, it worked pretty well for me, man. I think it's a big, it's a big part of why I exist, to be real. Like, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be like, no. You know, I don't specifically quant- quantify my music as lo-fi or anything else. I just make dope shit. I might make four on the floor fucking house music if I feel like doing that. And I don't want anybody to be like, yo, what the fuck? You can't do that. Like, I, I'm, you know, I, I want to keep that open. I want to be able to go where I want to go. So when you're showing up to make a beat, how much of it is like, um, how much of it is intu- intuitive? Like, how much of it is stuff that you're just letting it happen? Is there a percentage of the time that you're like, you're rushing to get to the patch because you already have an idea? Or is there a time where you're just like, okay, I'm sitting down and let's see what happens? Yeah, a lot of times I, I'm, I'm just creating, right? So I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna tap in and just see what happens. I come with a plan if I'm working with an artist, you know? Like, they're like, hey, let's lock in, bro. I'm like, cool, strategy shit. I know what he likes. I know what she likes. I know what, you know, the, the pocket that they're normally in, yada, yada, yada. Then I can kind of think a little bit about how I can bring something to that pocket that's interesting. But outside of that, I'm just like, fuck it, let's see what we get. Like, just want to see what happens, you know? Sometimes, honestly, I used to do a live stream. I would make trash shit sometimes, but like, you know, whatever. So what we got, that shit's cool. Like, you know, it's fun. That's I think you- that's the whole thing, like, just, having fun like that shit should be a release of some sort like you sure. should get off if it, yo if it's or... not fun you shouldn't be doing it if, exactly. as soon as it becomes you should stop doing yeah it. man you should chill like go find something else to do for a bit maybe come back to it but you know get some different so, energy with the volume of stuff that you're putting out are you is there stuff that you make and throw away like is that do you yeah, have yeah 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 there's i don't yeah there's definitely stuff i don't i don't release um you know like i low-key didn't release new music for a, a, almost a year, dude. Like, um, I started fucking with Ableton and started hanging out with all these people. Like, it was really dope to have the experience to go to, like, L.A. and do low-end theory and fucking kick it and lab with, like, Iman and DB and, you know what I'm saying, have those yeah. experiences in yeah. KT and Eloquent and shit and do Nam and do all that stuff. But the flip side of that coin is I was around so many amazing fucking ridiculously dope people that their habits rubbed off on me and I couldn't shake that shit off like I would I would hang out with Iman and he would make some shit and it would be so amazing that everything I made for a week sounded like that shit and I couldn't get it out of my head or I would hang out with DB and you know DB got that that swing and shit he's a teacher like, bro yeah just bro. listening to DB's music is like I've been learning from DB ever since I don't know 2008 2007 <laughs> just like I, I never met Donnell. Like, I talked to him on the internet. We bullshit yeah. about the Bulls and the Lakers a lot. Yeah. But, like, uh, that dude's been a teacher from far away Bro. for me, for sure. Like, I I, I'm sure for you, too, homie. because, like, I hear it in your music, for sure. Hell, yeah. I mean, hella tricks on how, you know, some of the stuff he was doing, and I showed him the stuff I was doing, and, you know, we kind of shared some sessions, and that sound stuck in my head so much, I really couldn't get it out. Like, I really couldn't get those drum patterns out of my head. Like, I was like... 
fuck, what does stolen drums sound like? I forgot. Like, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you DBIC beats this week. <laughs> yeah, it's like I made 300 DBIC beats last month. Fuck, I can't get out of this. So, like, between that shit and Iman and then being around Roz, like, I never got to cook with Roz. That's, like, a big regret for me. But, you know, even just hanging out with homie and watching him do his shit, like, same type of thing you just you get so to, inspired you got to go to space base i went to space base that shit is tight as hell and, and then we hung out you know basically i hung out with raj g in la for a couple a couple about a week and he made fun of me the whole time and that shit was tight <laughs> it did like he came to uh we, we brought him to atlanta a little bit before that run uh for this shit we do out here called 808 day and oh 808 fest i think it's fest but we brought him out for that shit and he crashed it. And that's the only dude I ever let smoke blunts in my Prius. <laughs> he was like, yo, you got some trees? I was like, yeah, I got some trees. He's like, but you ain't got this Ross GOG. And I was just like, yeah, spark that shit up. And then <laughs> we just <laughs> burning in the Prius. That shit they, never uh, happened before. Yeah, man. It's uh, Los Angeles has been really feeling it this last week. And Man, that shit really hurt my heart, bro. Like, yeah, me too, you know, bro. Nipsey, like, I was like, damn, Nipsey passed. And, you know, they have this cat fat, damn, damn, damn. But like, Raj G, that shit felt like my uncle died or some shit, bro. Like, that shit really fucking hurt. Like, I was, like, actually, no key, I was almost surprised by, like, how much that shit really kind of upset me. Like, I was really upset behind that shit. Like, me too. Hey, G's another one of those guys where it was just like, he's a teacher from far away, you know? Like, yeah. I, I didn't have a relationship with him. I seen him around and stuff, but like, you know, dap up and like, say it was, I, like, I was familiar with him. He'd been at, like, I'd been at his shows. I think he'd be, I'd, I'd played shows that he had been present at. It, it it hurt it hurt a lot because like that's a dude that you like he committed every minute of his life to that like his his whole life was making beats and like sure. he made a huge impact and and is he's been a I mean just the simple fact that like brain feeder probably wouldn't exist you know what I mean brain brain feeder exists because uh, Flying Lotus wanted to put out Ross G's music and like, right. I mean, he put a lot of people on the 404. I, I probably wouldn't be on a 404 if it wasn't for Ross G. Like a lot, like he, he was, I think he didn't get, while he was here, it didn't get enough credit, maybe. Sure. Or yeah, yeah. Just, I 100% like, agree I, with that statement. To get enough credit, you know what I mean? Cause like he, yeah. he, he was like really like a, a godfather to a big movement that like he was very happy to not be the face of too. Like he, right. he was like, stand behind the scenes kind of thing but like he was amazing amazing yeah, artist. No, if you when you do your when you do your research and you do your digging you're gonna find out that was everybody's og right yeah at exactly. the end of the day that's what you're exactly. gonna figure out when you when you start to dig it all your icons that stay og yeah you know what i'm saying so it was beautiful to see like how far and wide his reach was like with the way yeah. the internet was reacting but i mean it's, yeah, that's uh, with the conk boy <laughs> <laughs> fucking man bro I, that shit hurt bro uh, you know, and like, you know, I I, I really, I, it kind of gave me a good feeling to see folks like trying to uphold legacy and, and put energy, you know what I'm saying, in, in the sky for me, but that's just, just like, damn, bro. And you know, it's fucked up, really man. It's what... always like the ones that are touched, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's the ones that are you like touched it. with that special gift, like, like that, they always, the standout ones and they get took so early and there's no explanation. Like Dilla got took so early and there's no yeah. explanation. Why, how, why? At the same time, like, you never really know what folks is going through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You you never really know, like, how much struggle or how much pain or how much shit that homie was dealing with. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, And I know it sucks for us. December, yeah, he said something in December about being sick. But that, right. Like, like a G, like, never said. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was hanging out with him the whole time. I never knew. But, like, ah. you, you, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you, we always look at this shit from our perspective on some like, damn, it's fucked up that homie passed because I feel away. Oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you never really think about, like, that might have been a release for them. Like, they might have been dealing with some horrible shit, mm. and, and now they don't have to no more. You know what I'm saying? And I hope, I hope, you know what I'm saying? I don't hope he was dealing with no fuck shit, but I hope that he's chill. And, and oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, chest, I think whatever pressure he did have. And, all of us can take comfort in the fact that Ross G is forever and he's a million lights in the sky now, man. Right. And, and exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. There is no perspective. Audience. I think we need to, you know, saying kind of, kind of, kind of. I, I, you gotta mourn, and you know, saying we should feel a loss and all of that stuff. But you know, at the same time, just understand that, like, you know, whatever, whatever he was dealing with, to put him in that situation, he don't have to deal with that shit no more. Right. You know. Right. Man, it's it's. Uh, how how do you pick up? You know, after that, they just had the uh, they had an event last night. I wish I could have been there at the lodge in Highland Park for him last night, the fundraiser Man, event. Yeah. It looked really populated and hype. It, everybody looked like they were really celebrating the man's life. Mm-hmm. Very full. That's full how it spot. should be, man. That's how it should be. I'm glad they did that shit. I hope, I hope, you know what I'm saying? I hope his family is good for 10 generations. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope fucking all the best shit in the world for him and his folks. You know what I'm saying? And that whole real community, to be honest with you, like, I wish the best shit for everybody, but you know, specifically, I wish the best shit it's for wild. all his folks. They, they changed the world. Like the, the low end theory founders and brain brain feeder, like everybody, Daddy Kev, D Styles, Gaslamp Killer, No Can Do. Every, everyone in that room in 08, when it was like 30 of us, like bobbing our head wearing hoodies and like, you know, like 30 dudes sweating upstairs yeah. in the airliner. Like those nights, like reached all the way to Tokyo, reached the, in, in Austin, Texas, you have exploded drawing pop up. In, mm-hmm. in Arizona, you have pushing buttons pop up. In, mm-hmm. in Atlanta, you have controllerized pop up all over. Yep the country all over the world like different events are seeing what kev really kev's vision on, on like how to run something properly i like you played at low end theory you got those emails in the morning where he was like yeah, synchronize your watch yeah. to, to this time. And, yeah. like, he ran a tight ship and he was ran. very on the everything was on the up and up from like you know every everything that you can judge how somebody runs a business on kev did it correctly and in right. fact went the extra mile on it like he always was fair with the pay he made sure you know everything like the time of everything was gonna end and that that model that they built it's it's beautiful to see like you picking up the flag in atlanta and you know uh sound founder and then and butcher bear picking up the flag in in austin and all, just how it spread all over it's beautiful to see and it, and it was all born from like you know that that sweaty room at the airliner upstairs yeah no that's just magnificent bro like i i, I you know that shit is fucking bonkers bro like one group of people can legit change the world in such a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just super fire. Like, big, big gratitude to, to Low End and everybody involved with that. For real, for real. Low End Theory is forever. All right, Stolen Drums, you the man. Thank you so much for doing it, man. I really appreciate it. No, nah, no stress, man. I appreciate you, bro. Like, you fucking helped me a ton with all that marketing shit. Like, you definitely helped me a lot, bro. Was it? I mean, I, I hope it was helpful, man. Like, I, I feel like we just had, like, a brief, like, powwow about, you know, just... Like basic stuff, but uh, you seem to already have like a, a grasp of a lot of that stuff too. So like, I didn't really yeah. have to like give you like detailed things. It was just like, oh, look in this direction, and then you kind of took yeah. it from there. Like, no, I was reading, you know, a lot already and shit. And and, and even if the stuff that we talked about, the stuff I, I was hip to, mm-hmm. is still 
beneficial just to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? So it, it helps well, I mean, the time. I, I'm of the mentality, and I know you are too, is that there's no such thing as scarcity. Like, there's enough right. for everyone to eat, and like, I have nothing to lose from helping someone else. And like, right. if I can help you do something dope, then I'm fucking happy to see you win, bro. Like, I'm over here watching every single one of your, um, like victories and like cheering them on as if they're mine. Like I see you on the internet and I'm just like, Dude, that's, that's how it should be, bro. Like, there you go. Like, oh shit. Go get it. Nah, but yeah, man, I appreciate that shit. Likewise, man, every time I see you pop up, I'm like, get him. That shit is tight, bro. Like <laughs> I fucking love. That's like my favorite shit to put on everybody's shit. Get him. Like that's, get em. that's like. And yeah, I, man, I think ultimately, tight. like, all we have is, like, the community that we build and the relationships that we build. And everyone's success in our community is because we're all one consciousness. We're all one. We're all the same person. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for, for all my friends doing it. And um, I'm always happy when I'm doing it, of course. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Nah, nah. It's just, it's just fucking beautiful, bro. Like, that shit is, is tight. And then every win is, like, really a win for the community. Like, that shit. It like what I don't know if people realize that shit, but it pushes the stock up for everybody in the space. When somebody yeah, means, there's like, no reason to hate when someone else, especially someone in your scene, is doing good. That's good for the scene. That's good for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you seen um, you seen the shit with Jay Black and Trizzy. Oh, bro, Jay Black's the homie. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really uh, he did a commercial for Tasty Chops actually. Uh, Tight. He, he was like one of my most successful Tasty Chops commercials. Yeah, Jay Black is fire, bro. Dude, he's is, great. It, yeah, I seen Jimmy. Homie, uh, I seen him the same way. He was doing live live clips and like Instagram videos, and he was blowing up like that around the same time as as I was catching you. Oh, and yeah. I just reached out to him and I was like, yo, can you make a video for me? He's like, I got you. And then so we we put that together. Super cool dude, man. Very cool. But yeah. um him him and Trizzy, like, they're crushing it right now. Uh, oh, yeah? Trizzy, well, yeah, I seen me. him with uh, Timbaland at the yes. studio yeah. They're crushing it right now, bro. Yeah, he lives here now. He came down, fucking cool. did press start and was like, Yo, I'm not leaving, I'm staying here. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> he just stay here. Good for Jimmy, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to reach him, him. I'll probably have him come on and do a conversation like this with him too. Yeah, tap in with him. Ask him about his homeboy Trizzy though, with Meek Mill and shit. That shit's fucking crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure stories to tell me. Hell yeah. All right, I won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, likewise, bro. All right, b uh, before we go, I'm gonna open the open the forum for you. One last thing that you want to tell the world. What is on your mind? Tell the world. Yep. One last thing to leave with. As always, three things. Number one, life is good. Number two, time is precious. Number three, make somebody smile, drink water, eat fruit, stay blessed, be grateful, pay it forward. That's it. Stolen drums, you're the man. Thank you so much for doing Bless. this. It's appreciate you, man. Peace, appreciate you. Thank you very much. Bless. Bye, man.